Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning. It's Monday, October 10th. I'm going to talk in somber terms. I don't know why. Um, by the way, if you want to get uh, barraged new followers blah 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 on uh twitter just ask for a new graphic for your podcast um i think i got 50 people messaging me um following me to try and sell me their services kudos to everybody who uh and i don't know if it was bots you know there there's some talk from uh musk about bots on twitter um, everybody seemed to have the same, and I didn't use hashtags. I didn't use anything. I just asked for graphic help. Um, and I don't know if Twitter picks that up, if their algorithm picked that up and, and then everybody barraged me, but, um, I, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to give it a go on my own. Um, use Canva. I think there's a couple of other tools I can use out there that are pretty good, um, for, uh, what I want to do. Uh, let's start off the podcast with, I, I got three questions over the weekend, um, specifically about trading strategy. And, um, Jackson on Instagram was one who asked me, um, uh, he appreciates me talking about my stocks rather than picks this week. I'm wondering if you could talk more about why you use the MACD as my favorite indicator. Um, I know there's lots of different trading strategies out there. I'd love to know more about your thinking on this, um, how you came up with your strategy, blah, 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 the whole thing. I've talked about this and, and probably not in a while, but here's what it is. So I went through COVID, um, and, uh, like everybody that February, March timeframe way down, uh, April decided to bet on oil. Um, didn't know that oil could go negative. <laughs> um, so I lost money there. And over the next probably four to six months, I kind of was watching a lot of YouTube videos. Um, and, and one that kind of stuck, uh, kind of stuck was this, uh, um, this, it was a channel called trading rush. And if you just Google trading rush, MACD, um, he back tested MACD, a thousand times, 10,000 times. I don't know exactly know what it was um, with this strategy. And essentially what he said was he put a 10% cap on the run um, and a 5% cap on the loss. So he essentially back tested it that way. And the MACD by far of any indicator he tried um, performed by far the best. Uh, I think it was like a 60% win rate something of that sort. So I, I saw that, I think in like June of 2020 and you know, we were all kind of stuck in the house. So I was watching a lot. I was doing a lot of research. And, um, then what happened was, uh, I started understanding charting a little bit more. So I watched some of Zip Trader Charlie's videos, some other videos. Um, I went to training with Fidelity on Active Trader Pro. Uh, understood the chart. I had access to, uh, it, 
again, I don't know if people have normal access to this, but I had access to certain people within Fidelity um, to be able to guide me. And we set up almost a weekly call, um, almost a mentorship thing. I think it went on for about three, four weeks with some of their technical strategists. Um, and by the way, Fidelity, they, you have access to these people's calendars. They have classes, the whole thing. I can't talk about Fidelity enough about how much they've helped me in my trading. Um, so I, I went through that. And then uh, I think it was around September, August or September, I found TrendSpider. And TrendSpider allowed us to do uh, what Fidelity had just done was they had gotten rid of their backtesting tool. Um, and they no longer provided a backtesting tool because honestly, uh, you know, with Fidelity, there weren't a lot of traders. There were a lot of investors, just not traders, and they didn't need a backtesting tool. Nobody used it. So uh, my friend Steve and I found uh, um, TrendSpider. We did a trial. I think it was a seven-day trial. It's the same as it is now. Uh, if you go into the link tree um, in the podcast or you go to my Twitter, there's a pinned tweet. You can get a seven-day free trial. And we basically did that. We loved the program and we loved the backtesting tool and we found the MACD, we found RSI, we found Bollinger Bands, we found, um, you know, the volume shelves. We found all of that stuff. Um, a lot of what TrendSpider has done since then is tremendously better than what we had. But again, I like to keep it simple. Um, so typically on this podcast, I don't talk about the other uh, portions of TrendSpider that I use. Um, I typically use just the bat, the strategy tester with the algo and the market scanner for this podcast. Those are the only two features that I use for my trading. I use a hell of a lot more on TrendSpider. Um, so try it out. If you have any questions, hit me up. Um, but that's essentially how I found TrendSpider, how I use the MACD. If you want to know why I use the MACD, just Google backtesting MACD or Google MACD on, uh, I learn better, better with videos. So that's why I'm doing YouTube live is so that people can see kind of what I'm looking at and, and kind of learn. Um, so that's how I got started. Um, honestly, Jackson, it, it, it's simple and, and it, if you talk to a lot of uh, investors, a lot of traders, a lot of people who have just learned, um, it's trial and error. And and, and there was a, a somebody who asked me um, last week on uh, on YouTube Live, hey, I always seem to get stuck in these uh, positions and I never seem to sell out. Well, the reality of, of trying to sell out is just a psychology of it. So my suggestion was sell one share of everything that you have. Um, you guys, you know, uh, these days it's a lot different than when I started trading back in the early 2000s or, you know, um, somewhere in that, that neighborhood, like the 1980s, 1990s was essentially when I really started like trading one and two shares and you couldn't buy fractional shares. Um, you had to buy a full share. Um, it was $25 per trade on both sides. So the purchase was $25 and then the sale was $25. Um, that got changed. I think it was E-Trade, um, $4.95 or $9.95 trading uh, in the, I think it was around 2010 or so that, that the, the monetary stuff really started happening. Robinhood came along with free trades and now everybody's free. If you're paying for trades, F you because it, it's free. And yeah, there's there's some manipulation on both sides, but in the dollar amounts that that 
most people are doing, you're never going to see it. It's not going to make a whole hell of a lot of difference. I'm a guy who will drive 20 miles to avoid an ATM fee. That's just me. I, I don't pay fees, you know, even for the, um, the, the podcast graphic. <clears throat> I'm all for supporting uh, local artists and local uh, businesses and things of that sort and supporting people who are trying to make a living and giving you, you know, like Fiverr, great freaking tool. Um, but I'm just cheap. Honestly, I mean, you know, I, like I said, I think I said it on Friday, I may start a podcast about fire and, and living cheaply because remember all that um, financial independence retire early is about is understanding your income versus your expenses. And if you have more income, you can absolutely spend more, but you shouldn't, um, you should save. Um, and that's what fire is all about. But if you have less income, then just Cutting back your expenses and understanding that that's the way to financial independence. It's, it's as simple as that. So, Jackson, I hope that kind of explains it. Um, the, again, you have to develop your own strategy. And, and your own strategy, you know, could be based on mine. If mine is comfortable for you. I had another um, person reach out. I think it was Alex. Um, and Jackson, I know, is one of them. But Alex, I think, too, is another person. They use my picks and they say, you know what? We're just going to play options. Um, I don't suggest that unless you absolutely know what you're doing and you're comfortable with that. Part of your trading style should be finding exactly what you're comfortable with. If you're not comfortable with risk, if you're not comfortable with um, uh, significant losses that come with significant gains, don't do options. Do what I do. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable with with risk from what I I determined from my friend and quote unquote trading group. Um, we all have kind of, you know, one to 10 scale, uh, one being, hey, you're in perfect, you know, all cash and, and 10 being, um, you know, um, balls out, let's go. Um, you know, I'm probably a seven to eight in my friend group. Um, I have one friend who sold his entire portfolio and purchased Tesla back in 2017, 2018, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, that is somebody that I would say is a 10. Uh, even though he doesn't do options, he just buys and holds, but it's in Tesla. If you guys don't remember, 2017, 2018, Tesla was about to go uh, bankrupt. So um, I, I'm not a person who's... Who's going to, I, I do have some crypto. I don't have crypto from a hold standpoint because, you know, the fee thing that I talked about. So I do trade GBTC, ETHG, and some of those um, Blackstone, uh, Grayscale, I'm sorry, black, Grayscale um, crypto assets. Uh, so trading those is good. In fact, um, I will spoiler, uh, there is in my scan, BITI came up as uh, one of the ETFs that had a cross-up uh, on Friday. BITI is a short of Bitcoin. Um, it's an interesting one. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, again, if you're going to trade options, just be careful. Okay. So, let's talk about, um, oh, yeah, margin. Um, the other thing is, I, I had to tell somebody, hey, I, I think it was one of the Instagram people. Be careful on margin. I will bring that up because, again, it scares the hell out of me. By the way, um, Dow futures are now positive. Uh, we were way down when I checked at 6 o'clock last night. 
Um, Alex from Instagram, since we're on this one, he wanted me to look at Apple, uh, AMD, and Disney. Uh, Apple. Let's look at Apple, uh, since that's the biggest one in my portfolio. Um, AAPL, for those of you that don't know the symbol of Apple, AAPL. Uh, we had this cross up here at 145.86. You're still not out of this one. The MACD is just starting to cross down. Um, it is touching. It probably, if we see a downturn today, it probably will cross down. Your RSI is at 34. This one has been floundering around 140. I would say the price point on Apple right now, if you're going to trade it, is around 140. Um, it's up 0.16 in pre-market, up to 140.29. Uh, again, it's it's kind of been floundering. Uh, the market wants the PE of Apple at 17. And if you look at in Finviz, the PE of Apple is at 22, 23.15. So the PE is what the, the key point of Apple. If Apple is not going to grow, then why does it have a growth? Um, you know, and, the, and they're targeting iPhone specifically. So if the iPhone 14 is not going to grow, um, why in the world would Apple have a justification of a multiple at 23? Well, you know, it, again, the market is going to be the market. This is the biggest uh, stock in the stock market. It is covered by every ETF. I mean, every... Every ETF probably owns at least some Apple. So you've got this here. It is year to date down 21%, whereas I think the S&P, let me look at SPY real quick. Um, SPY year to date is down 23%. So you are kind of out trending the, the S&P a little bit. Um, the earnings per share this year is expected to be up 71%. And and you're hearing a lot of analysts say, hey, earnings per share needs to be brought down. Well, if app, if the market is going to go down to the 3,200 that a lot of people think that it will be, um, Apple will be the leader in that and it will probably go down. Now, does that mean that you don't buy it here? I don't think so. Um, it was down almost 4% on, on Friday. Uh, I think 140 is your pivot point. I uh, could go to 120, but... Two years from now, when you're at 180, are you upset that you bought it at 140 and it went down to 120? Probably not. This is one of those where if you buy it and it immediately goes down, it hurts. Um, you know, September 29th, there was just an upgrade by Rosenblatt uh, and their price target went to 189. I can't imagine that this one is, you know, you look at these price targets, September 29th, um, Bank of America downgraded them and brought it from 185 down to 160. Well, you're trading at 140. So you're even below what Bank of America um, thinks. Credit Suisse, August 17th, neutral to outperform price target at 201. Um, uh, I2BBA, overweight. Uh, I2BBA, I'm sorry, under underperform and their price target is 136. That's the lowest on the street, according to Finviz. So I do think that this is one that you could get into and, and be completely happy with. AMD, um, we'll look at AMD on the chart. This is one that's becoming, and, and we, we talk about this one all the time, it's taking a hit again because um, the Biden administration wants to stop Chinese chip makers from selling in this country for some security reasons. You just had a cross down on the MACD. 
on Friday. It's trading at 57.40, down almost 2% in the pre-market. Uh, it closed at 58.42 on Friday. The uh, PE on this one is still 24. It's probably down to 21. They're going to bring their uh, earnings down. They they announced that, the, well, I think they did announce last week that their earnings are coming down. Um, their inventories are up. Year to date, it's 60% down. Uh, I am one that currently owns this one at a significantly higher price. I think it's like 113 or something. Uh, I will dollar cost average it. I have been playing um, some of these chip makers. Uh, those of you that listen know that the chip maker that I think is in a great position is Qualcomm. Uh, Qualcomm uh, had, let's see, their cross up, I think it was at 122. Um, if I remember right, it was 121 or 122. 120 40 and that was on october 4th now you've had this kind of dub um the the button hook that i talk about you've had that it probably will get you out with a slight gain on this one um and it's not from a qualcomm perspective this is from an overall chip perspective um qualcomm has the 5g chips in the iphone in most android phones um, their PE is only 10. Again, AMD is up there at 24. Year to date, Qualcomm is down 33%, whereas AMD is down 60%. Uh, plus, you get a 2.48% dividend on this one. Uh, I think you've put in the bottom here at about 115. So Qualcomm would be where I, I would put my money from the short term, from the long term. Uh, mid, I, I'd say midterm AMD is probably going to get the bounce back. I wouldn't buy it right now. I wouldn't buy any of these chips right now, to be honest with you. It's just too uncertain. Uh, I think long-term NVIDIA, once NVIDIA finds a bottom, and mind you, it has not found a bottom yet. Um, you had the, the MACD cross up here on September 28th um, for NVIDIA at 123. You're trading at 120 today because the MACD has not crossed down. It's been The MACD has been sliding up. Um, while slowly the RSI has been going up, the RSI right now is at 38. Um, I still wouldn't buy this one. I, I, there's gaps up here um, at 139 and 140. Um, there's another gap here at 160. Uh, I, I do think that those get covered when we're back. When the Fed starts, here's the thing. If the Fed loosens restrictions, say they go 50 points instead of 75 points in November because inflation this week um, seems to be coming down. Um, if they do that, and and they, you know, there's a signal from the from the Fed that hey, maybe we're going to slow down a little bit and take a look. Nvidia is going to fly. Nvidia is going to be back up at 150, 160. I, I mean, that's that's no doubt in my mind that that's actually going to happen. Um, Nvidia's PE is still 39, super super expensive. Um, so I, I, I would stay away from these chips right now, to be honest, Alex, I, I think while I own AMD, I think your SOXL and SOXS are better plays for short term. Um, and, and I think you can play them either way without going short. You know, again, I don't, I don't condone going short because, you know, I was trying to tell my parents this weekend, Hey, you can lose your entire portfolio with one short position because you can't get out because nobody's willing to sell the stock. So I, I, I don't think that that's a good one. Now, Disney, I think anything under 100 on Disney, you're, you're great on. Um, there was talk last week about Disney, uh, ESPN going in with an agreement with DraftKings. Um, that made the stock pop. 
you had a buy-in here October 4th, 9868. You're trading at 97 right now. Um, I think anything under 100, I think you mine hold Disney. Um, let's look at their PE real quick. Disney's PE, they're still at 55. So it is still semi-expensive. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they've, they've got the parks. They've got everything with reopening. Plus they have ESPN. Um, plus they have streaming with Disney Plus. Um, you know, they're, they're, they, they suspended their dividend. They're down 37% year to date. So it's down more than the S&P, but this was a pandemic play. A lot of people um, hyped it up specifically with the parks. If you go to the parks, the parks are just packed. Everybody who goes to the parks, they're saying, oh my God, it's so expensive, but they're still going. All my friends are still going. They're taking their kids. So I, I you know, of the three, I would say Apple, you know, may be biased. Completely, I may be biased, but I would say Apple is your best buy here um, for the rebound. I just think Disney, um, if I had to pick three, I would say Apple is your best long-term play. I think Disney is a second best long-term play. I think AMD still probably has some growing pains just because of the inventory levels. Remember, there was a chip shortage, and what happened was people started double ordering. So they went into this oversupply um, and over-demand kind of thing. If we are going into a recession, then people are even going to cut back those orders. And so AMD is going to be stuck with a huge inventory level. So that's where I think, um, you know, of the three, I would take Apple and Disney. And I don't think Disney's a bad buy under 100. Uh, it could go to 80 in a super bad environment. If we go down to 3,200, yeah, Disney's probably going into the 80s. So really depends on where you think the market's going. But I think, I, I think Disney and Apple are really good long-term buys. Um, Tesla, um, Dan Fitzpatrick, who is, uh, on Twitter, I think it's Dan Fitzpatrick. I posted it on my Twitter. Um, and let me go to, to see, because he did a great, great YouTube video. And if you're not following Dan Fitzpatrick, um, it's stock market mentor LLC. He has a YouTube channel. Um, I posted this 10 hours ago on my Twitter, go and watch it. Uh, he does a master class on just, hey, why is Tesla going, going to these levels from a chart perspective? And where do you want to play it? Uh, the only thing I would disagree with him is you can, uh, I wouldn't short, I would use T, uh, TSLQ uh, if you wanted to play the short side. Um, Tesla is going back up. I think it's going back to the 205 level. Um, Tesla Q, you had a buy-in here on September 22nd at 3722, 3792. Uh, you're up at 50. So you've had quite a run on this TSLQ. Now Tesla shares, um, haven't fared as good. And you can see it's still in the slide. Um, and, and essentially Dan on, on his YouTube channel sees it. I'll show you this on YouTube live later when I go live. But the Bollinger Bands are wide open. There's no reason to think that this has reached a bottom. But the RSI is at 27. He thinks you could go up to the 250, 260 mark. And there's a gap um, between 256 and 264 that happened on October 3rd. Um, that's the gap that I'm looking to get filled. 
before I get back in. I'll probably get back in before that, and that's probably the resistance level. And like he says on his video, um, once Tesla crossed the 200-day, the 200-day has been providing significant resistance for it. So I, I think you can buy it on the way up there. I think you buy it on the way down. Remember, too, and I will point this out, Tesla has never been good to trade around. It's been good to trade your, your you know, to make money, but you've always been burnt. I, personally, I've been burned on this one where I bought into it, sold out because I think the run was over. And look at my last one. I mean, right before the earnings, I think I sold it $750. And the thing ran up to almost $1,000. So it's better to buy and hold. Um, their earnings are coming up October 19th. So I think that's, that's a good one for you to look at if you want to look at that one. Another one that has held up, uh, I noticed that it's held up well during some of this downturn is Snowflake. Um, I own Snowflake at 183. Uh, it had a buy here at 175.36 on September 30th, and you're still in that buy. Um, there's a slight button hook that's happening here. Uh, it's trading at 176.26 in pre-market. The RSI is at 46. I think anything under 180 here, load up the Brinks truck, get it in, because if you go for a run uh, and there's any good positive news, this is one that runs up into the 200s on a regular basis. So I think Snowflake is a great one. Uh, we talked about chip makers. Um, just FYI, on a side note, the Biden administration is not allowing the import of Chinese chips into this country from a uh, standpoint. Uh, so today you're going to see SOXS um, go up. Uh, this is the short. Uh, you got out of this one. It has. It looks like it might cross up again, to be honest with you. Um, this one you bought in August, August 5th on the algorithm. Um, at 35.78, and you sold out at about it looks like 63, um, with a 68% gain. The average win on this one is 20%. Uh, you win. Uh, uh, the average win is 20.83%. You only win 27% of the time on this one um, with the algorithm. But it's been, you know, the, that last one was a good run. There is a gap. SOXS, just know this is politically the, the, the one to uh, bid on. But there's a gap here between 46 and 48. It's trading right now at 63. Um, let's look at it in Active Trader Pro. Uh, SOXS, the, um, yeah, the bid is 63.54. It's up slightly in pre-market. Uh, this one on Friday just, oh God, it took off. It's a three times levered ETF, just FYI. So um, it's, it's, it's an interesting one to play. I like this one. Um, and that's because the Biden administration is really going after uh, the chips. Uh, even though the Chips Act, Intel's building a new plant. Um, I think Broadcom's building a new plant up in Rochester. Um, but they're really going after the chips, and that SOXS is a great play on that one. Uh, weekly stock picks. He sent out his email last night, and Merck, MRK, is the play this week. He'll alert you when he buys the uh, options. Subscribe to his newsletter. Uh, Merck on the algorithm has a buy-in here on September 22nd. At 87.83, it's trading right at 87.65. Um, nothing huge here. The RSI is a little bit extended at 52. 
Uh, it's healthcare. Their earnings are coming up October 26th. So uh, I do think that you have a catalyst. This is probably a safe play for this week. Um, healthcare, I'd probably tell you to get in uh, UNH. Merck is a great long-term buy, I think. Um, but UNH is probably a decent long-term buy as well. Um, the algorithm has you out of UNH, ironically. Uh, at 505.17, I said anything that anytime this goes under 500, I think you buy it. There's a significant volume shelf here at 521. Uh, their earnings, UNH, are coming up October 13th. So next week, or I'm sorry, this week, um, you'll probably see a pop in this one. The RSI is down at 40. Um, I can't imagine that this one announces lower earnings, um, but it is significantly expensive. So you're rolling the dice. I think you're probably fine. Um, you are uh, 26% above your 52-week low. You're only 8% below your 52-week high. But I think if earnings come out and they're good, I think you, you test that new high. Um, this one year-to-date is up 0.54%. So it is significantly beating um, the S&P, which is down, what we say, 23% or something. Um, bond markets are closed today. So you won't see stocks go down because bond rates are going up. You just won't. Um, just thought I'd bring that one up. Ford, hype play Ford and GM are down by about 4% um, in pre-market. And it's because there was an analyst um, said that they're going to be overproducing cars. And if we go into a recession and cars are slow, these guys are going to have huge inventories um, because they overproduced. And you're seeing it even, you know, starting with the, the used cars market has been kind of hit um, with, re with loan values going up. I think cars are getting more expensive. Car payments, it was a record last, last week or two weeks ago, I read, there was a record uh, number of people who took out car loans that were over $1,000 a month. Um, guys, you don't live the fire life. Financial independence retire early by having a $1,000 um, car payment. Buy as cheap a car as you can get it um, so that, you know, even Uber. I mean, God, owning a car is so expensive. If you can live without a car, um, try it. Do it. If you can bike, if you could motorcycle, if you could do anything without a car. Um, I think that's your best bet. Uh, but Ford and GM, Ford had a cross up October 4th at 1196. I think that's where it's trading about now. Um, I think it made the full round trip. Um, 1149. Uh, I think anything around, you know, between 10 and $11 with the 10 handle. I think that's where you're looking at this, this one being a great one because it trades between 10 and 15 on a regular basis. Um, this is a complete hype play. Uh, they raise their rates. They, they, you know, I don't like GM at all. GM, I think, you know, car battery fires. Um, they, they, they have falsely announced that they're the, uh, the EV leader. They won't be an EV leader. They're not even making enough cars to even catch up to Tesla. October 24th is GM's, uh, I think GM and Ford, um, announce on the same day, but it's October 24th. Um, you had a buy here at 35.21. You're down at 33 on GM. Uh, your average win is only 8%. You win 29% um, of the time. So 
It's not a great stock to trade. I think Ford is just a better stock to trade. Um, Goldman Sachs, we talked about anything under 300. It's trading right at about that level now. Um, their earnings are coming up October 17th. So later this week, there could be a rally in the financials. I, I, you know, again, I, I think JP Morgan, um, it's going to matter uh, what they say. Their, their earnings are coming up on October 13th uh, after the bell. So later this week. JP Morgan has a buy on October 4th across up 110. Um, you know, it's trading at 105 right now. I think anything under 100 for JP Morgan, buy it and just hold it. It's got a good dividend that will pay you until it comes back up. Um, energy. Boyle is on the run. Um, Boyle is finally picking up a little bit of steam. Um, let's look at it in Active Trader Pro because I saw... Uh, in pre-market, it was running up a little bit. Um, Boyle is at 53. Uh, it closed on Friday at 51. It closed down on Friday, 51.35. It's at 53.89 right now. Um, it's 52-week high. It was 140. The 10-day volume is 3 million. The 90-day volume is 2.5 million. So in the algorithm, you had a buy here at 53.02. Uh, so you're still within that range. And if it goes on a run, 5302 is realistic. Now, remember, I talked about this gap up here at 90. I don't know that we're getting back to 90, but with winter coming, I think you'll see natural gas start to go up. I do think that that's probably a good one. Now, UCL, we talked about uh, oil. There's some concerns today about Chinese demand for oil. Uh, UCO, you had a buy in here at September 29th at 27.94. You're up at 34. Great run. Uh, personally, I think you buy into some of the companies on this one. Uh, Chevron, with some of the news of the weak uh, potential for uh, for um, for China demand. CVX is under 160. I think it was earlier today. Um, yeah, it's at 159. It's right at 160. Buy it at 160. Um, Devon Energy, which is one that I personally own, is down 0.22% at 71. Uh, it's kind of getting that button hook a little bit. Uh, but this was a buy at $60.69 and it's at 72. So you've had your 10% move easily on this one. Um, PXD, which is Pioneer Natural Resources, which pays a crazy crazy dividend. Um, 214 was the buy-in on September 30th. Uh, you're only a week in and it's 256 now. God, that's a great stock. Great stock. Their earnings, the earnings for, um, energy are coming up, uh, first week in November. Um, so you've got Oxy, which is, you know, a, 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 uh, Warren Buffett favorite. He's been buying a ton of it, buying more of it. You're just under 70 at 69.79. Uh, 69.33 in pre-market, so it's down a little bit. Buy-in here was September 29th at 61. This one, the only reason it's, it, it hasn't run up with the rest of them is because it, it's just had a crazy, crazy run this year. Um, Rivian, we talked about Tesla. Um, Rivian had to recall their entire fleet. Uh, it's about 15,000 vehicles that they've produced right now. It's because of a loose bolt in the steering um, that could affect steering. And it only affected, I think they said about 15 or 20, um, but they're recalling it. 
Uh, the important thing to know, and, and here's kind of from an EV kind of new uh, car maker perspective. Remember, when you're buying these these vehicles, A, they're super expensive. So most people are probably, in my audience at least, uh, are not buying because you're skewed younger. If one of you guys has one, um, absolutely reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts. But there's no service centers. So for Tesla, I have a service center in Atlanta. I think I have three of them in Atlanta that I can schedule service with over the app. My parents up here in New Jersey. I think New Jersey has about three or four service centers that you can schedule in. By the way, New Jersey is just filled with Teslas. God, on on the road because you don't pay um, sales tax on your car if you buy an EV vehicle. That's the state saying, hey, no sales tax uh, on it. So they've just killed it in this state. Um, but the, the Rivian recall, again, for owners, I don't know how they're actually doing that. It's just a bolt that they've tightened. So it's probably some mobile um, things. Do you have to ship it? You know, again, some of these guys are in uh, the middle of nowhere. I have a friend who has it in California and he said the service center is nowhere near him. So I don't know how they're, they're do it, doing that, but they said, um, if you notice anything loose in the steering, then absolutely hundred percent call them right away. But the majority of owners will not even notice, um, this, and it's probably not an issue. Um, Costco, we talked about Costco. They came out with their September sales <clears throat> and you're trading down it. Again, there's no MACD cross down here. That 488.63 is still the buy from September 28th. I went over this last week. Um, it is probably going to come out of here with a loss. Uh, they don't have a catalyst coming anytime soon. The RSI is at 36. Um, I you know, again, anything under 500 on Costco, I think is a great buy. I'll let you know when the floor comes in. Um, but it does look like it's down here. Uh, their earnings December 8th. So you've got, you know, th this RSI and the MACD, the MACD is probably crossing down. It's not something that you want to look at, but I've got it on my list to keep, keep looking at it. Um, credit suites we talked about, uh, which is in this upturn. You've got uh, August, I'm sorry, October 4th, 416 was the buy-in. Uh, it's trading at 486. Let's see if it's up in pre-market. Um, it traded at 45. It's down to 460. So if you wanted to get into credit suites and kind of you know look at this, um, you can probably get into this. Uh, it covered the gap at 448 to 465. So the next gap that it might try and cover if it's going to continue up is 542 to 562. Just realize it could be a falling knife because their earnings come out on October 26th. And that could be when they announce the restructuring. And that could be bad. Um, <clears throat> yeah, CVX under 160. Do, 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 do. Oh, scans. So let's talk about scans. And I'll, I'll, you know, the first one is BITI. And we went over this one. And it's a uh, uh, short on Bitcoin. And it had a cross up here at 38.23. If you think that this could be the downturn of Bitcoin, meaning that a lot of people are calling for Bitcoin to get back to 10,000, uh, BITI could be the way to play this one. Um, do your due diligence. Understand that this MACD, this is a super volatile one. Uh, your wins are only 20%. Uh, again, over 500 candles. It's kind of new. You don't even have a 200 day on this one. But you only have five positions where you bought in. 
um, 20% are wins. So you've only had what one win. Yeah. One win. Uh, average win is 3.55%. And that was your one win. So it doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem to be a super, super great historical one. It's only been live for four months. So but BITI did come up. Another one that came up, which is interesting, is SRS, which is the ProShare Ultra Short Real Estate. Um, this one, you had a buy-in on uh, September 15th at $16.28. You're trading at $22 right now. Uh, this is similar to DRV. Uh, you've got some gaps down here below. Uh, my preference would probably be DRV. And the only reason I say my preference is because I know the action of DRV a little bit better than SRS. Um, but this one did come up with a scan. Uh, your RSI is at 70. So just like DRV, it's completely overbought. Um, so. Okay, let me look at my notes to make sure I covered everything. I think I did. Um, by the way, if you are a designer and would like to donate your time, I need to make that clear, <laughs> uh, and do a graphic for me, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, love to have you, your help. Um, if I've helped you on stocks, help me out with some of this. That's the way the barter, um, the, the, the world barter economy works. So, uh, but if you're a designer, help me out a little bit. Uh, I'm using Canva, so I like it. Um, I like the app. Download the app. I can remove backgrounds for free. I'm not paying for anything, but I am going to do a new graphic because the graphic does look pretty crappy. Uh, any suggestions, questions, anything, hit me up on the socials. Uh, thank you to the new supporters who came in over the weekend. Absolutely 100% agree. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, you guys are great. And and again, remember, um, it looks like today is going to be an up day. Uh, the futures were up. Let me just check um, markets. Yeah, futures are up. I mean, they're not up a lot. The, the key point is again, this week is going to be the inflation data. If inflation comes in, um, you're probably going to trade pretty flat. I wouldn't say there's going to be huge moves up until that inflation data comes out. So, uh, and, uh, be what, be wary because if for some reason the inflation data comes out high, the white house may put out a proactive, Hey, inflation data may come out high. You know, who knows what's going to happen, but make no mistake about it. The fed wants to beat this one down. Mohammed Alarian, who is the economist on CNBC, um, the president of Queens college, the guy who likes the jets, who went to the jets game on, um, uh, with the owner yesterday and uh, Joe from uh, the morning show on CNBC. Um, yeah, he's he, he is definitely saying there's negative things coming. Everybody that I know says there's negative things coming, but everybody also says um, there's huge. Oh, by the way, one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and I'll do this on YouTube Live. Does makes no sense to do this here. But if you compare the three-year chart of XLE and XLK, XLE is the energy ETF, XLK is the technology ETF, from the end of 2019 to today, the returns are the same, exactly the same. So everybody that keeps asking me, I think I got about five, six, seven questions this weekend, uh, is it too late for energy? And I got a ton last week, is it too late for energy? Nope, not too late for energy at all. Um, it's just starting to catch up. So I think some of these energy names, that, that doesn't mean that, that DRV or I'm sorry, um, Devon 
or Oxy are all of a sudden going to be $400 stocks. That's not what that means. It means that they're going to return uh, uh, some of the capital to shareholders through dividends, uh, through buybacks. Um, they're going to basically make moves. They're going to invest in energy infrastructure as long as it makes sense for them. Um, they've gotten smarter over the last few years. So the midterm elections are coming up. Those should be a catalyst as well. Um, if the Republicans, my guess, just from a political standpoint, if the Republicans take um, the House or the Senate away from the Democrats, um, then I think you see the stock market make a move. Remember, stock market loves bureaucracy. They don't like change. So you'll, you'll start to see more stability in the market and probably a move up um, just because, A, you know, the Democrats can't spend more money. Um, which again, you know, the market sees it adding to inflation. So, okay, I'm out going live on YouTube. Take care. See you tomorrow. Oh, probably not a podcast tomorrow. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. I think I'm going to drive back to Atlanta tomorrow. So there probably will not be a podcast tomorrow. Full disclosure. I'll make the uh, announcement on YouTube as well. Okay, guys. See ya. Bye.